0: Hey Josh. Hey Jeff. Welcome to the Christian Free Thinkers Project. Thanks.
1: Welcome to the Christian Free Thinkers Project. To you too.
0: Thank you. For a second, I was worried you weren't going to re- welcome me. You know, I, well, you're you're not welcome, but you're thanked. Oh, that's hurtful. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we starting off on opposite sides today? Is that is that what's happening? Apparently,
1: apparently we are because we're going this is gonna be uh kind of
0: interesting the day of disagreement <laughs> the
1: first of probably the majority
0: i don't know i guess we'll find yeah. out all right i will be i'll be the uh the steer hannity oh boy that's a rough start when we are in this is oh i hope it just gets better from here so uh let's just let's just start today with a little um disclaimer shall we sure
1: you you go ahead you you leave the disclaimer and I'll disagree with it so go ahead
0: uh, all right all right um you you are going to be the combs to my Hannity all right that's fine <laughs> so uh hey, I'm paid so I'm you're, paid to be your combs to your Hannity sorry about that didn't mean to <laughs> go ahead it's okay I forgive you see that civil disagreement anyway um so we here's our here's our little disclaimer okay um we, we hope that everybody understands that we are, uh, we're believers, we are Christians, we uh, are not trying to attack anyone, um, unless you're Benny Hinn, um, we're not trying to attack you, which is dangerous because he's a Tai Chi master, but anyway, that's from a different episode. That's true,
1: that's L- true. If you don't know what that is, you need to watch episode two, or listen to episode two.
0: So so the point is, is that this is a conversation. We are trying to challenge some uh, preconceived ideas. Um, biblically speaking, I suppose you could say that is iron sharpening iron. And if you are able to uh, withstand the scrutiny that we are putting towards your belief, that's awesome. We don't expect you to agree with us on everything. We don't even expect each other to agree on everything. And that's okay.
1: See, now I'm going to have to disagree with you there, because I fully expect you to agree with everything I say, so...
0: Well, that is because you are a hateful... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Move on. Move uh, on. Good times. Moving on. Okay, so uh, let's, let's get right into it. Um, Josh, do we agree on the origins of the New Testament? Um...
1: That's a good question. Why don't you tell me your your understanding of the origins of the New Testament, and I will let you know if I agree.
0: So uh, my understanding is that, uh, and, and this is probably going to be deeply unsettling to some people, but um, when Jesus died, he didn't leave the disciples with a uh complete bible um they they didn't have a
1: new testament wait 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 i thought that that was the whole point of the bible that it's basic instructions before leaving earth and jesus wrote them down and gave it to his disciples before he left earth
0: yeah no 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 nope. no do you, I, I
1: hope that everyone understood that was snarky by the way that, that
0: was not intentional sorry continue that's one of my big fears is that people won't understand my sarcasm, but what are you going to do? All right. Sarcasm warning. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have like some kind of like a little alarm bell that goes off. But anyway, the the point is is that um the the early church didn't have a New Testament, so to speak, for uh more than decades, uh, arguably for uh several hundred years, we're not exactly sure of um the specific date on which the uh, the group of people uh, who decided these books are going into the Bible and this is going to be the authoritative, unquestionable word of God. Um, but it was quite a while after Jesus' death.
1: Yeah. Do we agree so far? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's actually a very good point to say that Jesus, the physical human Jesus had absolutely nothing to do with the New Testament because none of them were even conceived or written until after he had died. Now, obviously our faith goes into, you know, the trinitarian godhead, Jesus being a part of that, the influence of the Bible, you know, I'm not going to go into that kind of argument, you know, not not a not full heresy, but just to say Jesus while he was here on earth during his life he had nothing, he did not directly contribute to the New Testament.
0: And, uh, you know, this, uh, this collection of books that we have, which we, we call the New Testament, um, they're all individual books. They're individual writings, which most Christians will agree on that. Most Christians fundamentally understand that, you know, the Bible is not one book. It is uh, a collection of books, um, However, we do often see some confusion when it comes to new translations of the Bible or um you know uh, the wording of something in the Bible. Uh, Josh, how many times have you heard somebody say, "Oh, well the Bible says you you cannot add or take away a word
1: from this book." You know, I only have 10 fingers, so um
0: you going to burn if you take words away a lot. Yes, a lot, right? And specifically, it would be the book of Revelation that says that. Um, It is its own book. Well, well, first,
1: I'd like to clarify. These are not books, actually. These are something that we call epistles. And an epistle is traditionally, are typically actually a letter, and Boring. oh sorry so and so if you think about it this is not like a novel this is not some sort of um, these are not any sort of uh, manuals or, or any other type of writing that would kind of be inst- instructional short of this is a letter written by an author directed to um, someone else so essentially we're, we're reading someone's mail here is what we're doing
0: but they would unquestionably have said, "Hey guys." The words that I am writing you in this private letter are the authoritative words of God for all of humanity forever, right? No. Oh wait, the sarcasm. Don't forget sarcasm. to put the sarcasm. Sar- sarcasm. On
1: there. Yeah. No. No. I'm, okay. Yeah. I'm with you so far. Continue.
0: Yeah. Also, um, I, I mean, listen. I know Paul was a super confident guy. Some might say occasionally arrogant however just peter yeah however i i think that if you would have told him that his words were going to be construed his letters with personal shout outs were going to be construed as the infallible authoritative word of god i think he would have been beyond unsettled at that idea
1: well i as as should any human being at any of their writings being called the word of god which is which which is you know advantageous to the fact that none of these were declared um the word of god until well after the death of the the original writers so they didn't have to worry about that trauma
0: that's pretty cool that's a neat little factoid there isn't it
1: yeah that they died and didn't have to worry about their writings being declared God's word
0: and and that no one while they were alive took the position that these words were the authoritative words of God.
1: I mean so the only uh the only places where I would say that I have seen that in scripture is typically in prophetic words. Um, so in prophecies, they'll say, you know, thus says the Lord God, um, you know, revelation is, is, is a prophetic book as well. So it tends to, um, treat its wordings as if it is a direct word from God, but, but not, not, not the epistles, um, not, uh, the gospels themselves don't even, you know, like they'll, they'll quote, you know, Jesus. And, you know, we've since then made a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, paths in order to determine the uh the die- uh, the dietic nature of jesus himself dietic i think that's a word i just made up
0: i think so too sa- i kind of like it it, though. Sa- it sounds legitimate doesn't it it does sound legitimate yeah so I'm- most people will probably reject it because it sounds kind of academic
1: yeah okay out of the godlike the, the godly part of so so jesus was a demigod okay in in classical sense he was both he had a human mom and a godfather so much like you know perseus and um a couple of uh let's see who else was it who else was uh, a good uh, hercules he was a demigod as well and uh, a whole
0: bunch of uh greek okay
1: now now i know i'm going off on a uh, rabbit trail gods. that's gonna really mess with some people so go ahead
0: now you're definitely going to hell
1: um I, but anyway yeah
0: anyway we digress um the other really interesting thing that most people don't know or understand about the uh the the background of their bible was who it was that was involved in canonizing these books right so for um for m- well over decades um, i don't know if we could say could we say centuries yeah, absolutely. before yeah before roman uh um Uh, acceptance oh yeah it would be it would be in the fifth
1: century so late 400 AD
0: so we're talking about we're talking about uh you know for longer than our country has existed the early Christian church existed without the New Testament and without any kind of uh conception that um you know that that those specific books were infallible. Now we definitely have uh, acceptance of a number of those books, but also other books were accepted. And, uh, and even at the time of, of canonization, other books were included, which weren't removed until the reformation.
1: Yeah. Well, do, do you want to go into that and talk about why that is the case?
0: well, uh, i think maybe we'll go deeper into that in a different episode but at least just to acknowledge that basically the early christian church was actually uh, once it once it finally does become uh you know integrated with rome and in the process somewhere around the same point that we get the the bible that we um uh, have today give or take a few books that have since been chopped out um is the roman catholic church
1: um yeah yeah i guess that would be fair to say i mean yeah so the the bible that was uh the canon that was standardized in the in the fifth century um we can see it mostly alive today in uh and you would see it in the catholic bible um as well as in like the eastern orthodox um as well as probably the coptic church as well um but yeah definitely in the reformation which would be around the 1500s good old good old martin luther decided to chop a few
0: things out and uh you know and that's a really interesting thing to think about um in terms of uh of us as evangelicals and and i and and i want to make that point too um Josh and I both come from an evangelical background. We both grew up in, uh, you know, different forms of the evangelical church. Um, you know, so we're not coming at this from like, uh, from the, the background of we're, we're super Jesus-y Catholics who, you know, are trying to, to put you in your place, uh, for not knowing who's your daddy, so to speak. (laughs) Um, but, (laughs) but we, uh, you know, this is, this is just reality. This is not, there are some things that we really don't have a good handle on historically. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that we have a real good grasp on and the, the roots in the, uh, the Catholic church, that's pretty solid. So I feel like up to this point, you and I have agreed and... Probably really blown everybody's brain. Uh, so I want to I want to get into some therapeutic, uh, you know, uh, build you back up stuff. And and this is the part where you might disagree. Okay, all right. I don't know. I'm I'm ready for okay. it. Let's go. So, uh, considering the fact that I just challenged the uh, the very notion that the new Testament as we have, it is authoritative and complete and the uh, infallible word of God, which I know some people have already clicked off and that's fine. Um, I'm going to say that there are some things that to me point very clearly to, uh, the validity of our faith. And, you know, and I had this conversation, uh, earlier today with my brother, you know, in terms of faith, he, uh, he said to me, well, you know, I think we disagree because I believe that there are some things that you just have to take on faith. And I, I said to him, no, we we completely agree. It's just that there are some things that we may wish to take on faith because we don't want to think but really there's plenty of information and evidence there and we should use our brains and draw like, you know, a logical conclusion. And then there are going to be some things that you must take on faith. Like, you know, for instance, the question of, uh, you know, well, whether you're a Christian or some other faith or, uh, somebody who believes that, you know, there is no God and, uh, we came from the big Bang and uh and and that's where our universe came from, right? Well, neither the atheist who believes in the big Bang nor the uh believer who believes in God can explain the origin of that in which they believe. The atheist has no explanation for where matter originated from. Maybe it was always there, but that's really not very satisfying. And it's no more or less satisfying than the idea that God was always there. Those are just, those are things that we have to take on faith one way or another. And science will always look for its answer. But ultimately, some things you must take on faith. Okay, so I accept that. Um, in terms of looking at our faith though, I think that the disciples give some real clear insights into whether or not they genuinely believed in Jesus as the son of God, or if it was all just a big sham, right? And as we look at uh, some things that challenge our understanding of the Bible and of our faith, I think it's important to look at the other side of the coin, too. You know, you've got a bunch of guys who left everything they had to follow Jesus, and they all had something. I mean, these guys, some of them were... uh, uh, as uh as Crefalo dollar will tell you we're pretty affluent in their community right and uh and again that's a reference to our last episode I'm I'm not actually quoting Creflo um in other than a, a teasing joking way. <laughs> but uh you we know love these you, guys Crefalo. left everything. We
1: we <laughs> We love you Creflo if you're listening.
0: <laughs> we love you. Thanks for tuning in, Creflo. Um but <laughs> But, you know, these guys, uh, after Jesus dies, right, they don't just go back to what they were doing. Their lives are forever turned upside down by the message of Jesus, and they believe it so wholeheartedly that given the choice of being martyrs for this cause or abandoning their faith and surviving, they allow themselves to be martyred. That's significant, it's huge you know, and as far as I'm concerned, it's really kind of, Jesus, if you look at Jesus's message in the context of history and and where things stood, you know, Rome is occupying Israel at this point in time, right? Rome is occupying Jerusalem. And there's a whole bunch of people that want to throw the Romans out. Two of the disciples are believed to be from a group uh, that, basically assassinates Romans and uh, Jewish authorities that work with the Romans uh, with knives and then blend into the crowd in the chaos afterwards. That's how desperately those guys want to overthrow the, the uh, Roman regime that is there. You're referring to the Sicarii, right? I am. Yeah. Okay.
1: For in case anyone is interested in actually looking it up.
0: Yeah. So, uh, uh, these guys were hardcore. Um, you know, and so, and one of these, one of those two was, uh, was Peter, was believed to be uh, a member of the Sakari. And Peter goes from that to him ultimately, although he has some bumps along the road. No, Peter was not one of the Sakari.
1: Um, actually, it was, uh, Judas was believed to be a member of the Sakari, which is part of the reason why, um, they believed that Judas initiated... Betrayed Jesus. Well, he didn't view it as initiating. He viewed it as he was pushing Jesus to start... He was forcing Jesus' hand. Yeah, essentially forced Jesus' hand to... Because he probably... He believed that he was the Messiah. And and his worldview at the time, the Messiah was going to essentially, to essentially free Israel from the Romans... And, you know, essentially he was going to be a God on earth. He was going to be a great warrior, great leader. And he fully expected essentially Jesus. And like, why else do you think he, his reaction was the way it was is, you know, he thought he was doing something good. And then when he went, but that's not how it's been historically, you know, in church, it's always taught as, you know, Judas is the evil betrayer. You know, it's, it's kind of like, like he's like this, like this shifty guy that for some reason Jesus kept around the entire time. I mean if anything Judas really really believed in Jesus he just didn't know he just believed in his idea of Jesus as opposed to who Jesus was trying to show himself
0: as being. And you know you can imagine that this is not something that they would necessarily have gone into detail in their writings because it would have been uh, a much more commonly understood thing at the time. Oh yeah. Uh you know so but I do believe I'm gonna to have to check. I believe Peter was also a Sakari. There's two. There's definitely two disciples that they believe were members.
1: I'm I'm not familiar and, with that. The only one I'm familiar with is Judas.
0: But I. But either way, what we can say is that uh, you know, Jesus's message does just. It doesn't make sense, in the context, human thinking, human logic. Jesus's message makes no sense. He's not trying to overthrow the uh the ruler. He's not making a power grab. He's saying things like render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, right? He, th- respect the the governmental authority that is in place is what he was saying.
1: But that th- th- those are the things that that my evangelical church tells me to do. You know, they tell me to pay my taxes. You know, they tell me to, you know, to respect our police officers, to respect our military, to to respect and pray for our president because he is our president. Well, that last uh, oh, man, you're pushing me today. So 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 with, with that being said, you know, like this, that that's the exact lesson that that I've been taught. Now, I can see how it's contrary for for the culture, because as we talked about, like there was a very popular Um, You know, the Sicarii were only people who were, essentially, they were activists who believed it so heavily that they were essentially trying to act on, and they were trying to essentially bring on the coming of the Messiah through a a militant force. Um, But it was a very popular theory among the other, the religious leaders of the days, both the Sadducees and the Pharisees, that that is who the prophesied coming Messiah was going to, what, what they were going to do as well. They were going to free them of the evil Jewish ruling oppression, um, and I think that hit like you said, like you had mentioned, it is very contrary to their perception with being that you know this guy's gonna this guy if he's the Messiah he's gonna free us and then he's telling me to to give to Caesar what is Caesar wait 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 what do you mean give to Caesar what is Caesar I thought I thought we're supposed to say down with Caesar what's going on here with this guy
0: right and and, and so in terms of how the evangelical church today handles that right I mean we we do whatever leaders, especially political ones, right? And that was sort of the trouble that, that you see in, in uh, Jesus' time also, is you see a uh, a theocracy there, which, of course, is how uh, the Jews had always been. They always were a theocracy, a government that was uh, inter- interwoven with their religion. Um, but political leaders tend to, um, you know, choose a position which is uh convenient uh, to their goals right and so now yes of course you know respect our president because he's our president uh, but it wasn't well respect the king because he's the king it was you know we are all endowed with certain unalienable rights right and so god was for us during the revolution, in our efforts to overthrow a governmental authority, and now he is for us, obeying our governmental authority because, well, that's just what's politically expedient. And I'm not arguing or advocating for the throw overthrow of our government. So you know, no, no, don't misread no, no. any of that. But but I I, I do
1: totally agree with uh, with that idea where um just uh just side note being real here. Um, there's there's a friend of mine that uh, the other day i I was uh, saw him on Facebook and he's a friend from my you know historical evangelical days, and his Facebook posts um, essentially was calling for um, liberal protesters to call them treasons, and he was calling for them to be to be
0: hung well that's reasonable i mean if you just think it through.
1: And, and part of oh, me wait is, that's,
0: that's, there's that sarcasm button yeah, again. But, I, I think people will eventually pick up on it.
1: But that's, that's, that's the thing that like, you know, I'm, I, I, so first of all, I'll just say, I am really happy with the country that I'm living in. I understand that if I was not living in most countries, I wouldn't even probably be able to have this conversation, much less I For wouldn't sure. be able to, I probably wouldn't even been able to have the time or effort to be able to let my brain go this far to type have this thoughts. Honestly, I'd probably be too busy with something else. Um, you know, just trying to feed my family or whatever struggles that that's happening throughout the rest of the world. Um, but what I say, what I'm trying to tie this into is that the idea of um, you need to sit down and obey and somebody who disagrees with you or stands up against the government is treasonous is to me so ironic when the origin of our nation is based upon a rebellion. Based upon a rebellion of a king who in the the <laughs> Church of England essentially was God's presence on earth. He was the head of the Church of England. So essentially we were we were battling against God's authority on earth from a from a particular, you know, Christian perspective. So but 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 sorry, I went we off on, on a tirade there. We, Go ahead. We won. So America. Did but did we win? I, I just think i think i think britain's buying its time to get the empire back together <laughs> they still call us the colonies why not it's true it's true <laughs> all right side note okay sorry so, all done go ahead
0: that's okay so uh but so in terms of the the political expediency right jesus's message is the exact opposite of the politically expedient message I mean, imagine they would have followed him to the overthrow of whatever right he he could have led them in that direction and and he doesn't, and his message still resonates right right and I believe that it resonates because it is the message of the Son of god that's that's my belief okay um. And, and I, I think that you can look at all of those things and how absurd and asinine they are and appreciate um, you know, the, the way in which it very much validates our faith.
1: free project. Today's music is Night Owl by the band broke for free. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes, find us on iTunes. Also, if you enjoyed listening, please rate our show on iTunes as it'll help others to find join the conversation.